Welcome back to episode 44 of the FPL Draft Hub podcast. In this episode, we're looking ahead to game week four. Welcome back to the FPL Draft Hub podcast, podcast dedicated to the official FPL Draft game. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another roundup of waiver options and hidden gems, uh, as well as some ones to dump ahead of game week four. Game week three was a couple of weeks ago now, thanks to the international break. I used to really hate international breaks, but since creating the podcast, the breaks really feel like a holiday. They're not so much when you've had a cold for most of it. The international breaks actually come thick and fast early this season with further breaks in October and November to divide up the game weeks into nice little bite-sized chunks. These breaks obviously provide a lot of time to think, which can be good or bad depending on your play style. Just make sure you don't forget about your teams and you'll get the edge on many players. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Kieran Tierney, Roman Sice and Emil Smith-Rowe, as well as many more. So let's get into it. Let's start off with a bit of a fixture barometer and look at the fixture runs for this little run of four game weeks up until the next international break in October. Um, so those with a nice run, not in any particular order. I've got Arsenal with... Uh, games against Norwich, Burnley, Spurs and Brighton. Their fixture run is actually really nice up until the following international break in November as well. We've also got Man United with games against Newcastle, West Ham, Villa and Everton. Uh, I've got Watford on here with um, Wolves, Norwich, Newcastle and Leeds their next four games. So there should be plenty of those players around for you to pick up. Uh, Wolves have uh, got a nice run with Watford, Brentford, Southampton and Newcastle. And I've also got Leeds on here who have a very nice run but have to get past Liverpool first. So if you're in particularly large leagues where pickups are scarce, you may want to move early if any of their guys are available now. Those with a bad run coming up, I've got Villa who play Chelsea, Everton, Man U and Spurs in their next four. Uh, Burnley who take on Everton, Arsenal, Leicester uh, and then Norwich. Palace who play Spurs, Liverpool, Brighton and Leicester. And Spurs, who go away to Palace and then play Chelsea, Arsenal and Villa. And I'll be using a lot of those fixture runs to dictate who I'm picking out in the main segment. So just at the point of recording, uh, and thinking I had most points covered, the ongoing mess, which is the South American World Cup qualifiers, reared its ugly head again with the news that the Brazilian, Mexican, Paraguayan and Chilean FAs were going to punish the Premier League clubs for blocking their players flying out by invoking a FIFA punishment which bans the players for five days, meaning they would miss the Game Week 4 Premier League fixtures. Now, shortly after this, there were reports of a deal being made to stop this, so it remains unclear at the point of recording whether or not they will be allowed to play. The players potentially affected are Edison and Jesus for Manchester City, Alisson, Fabinho and Firmino for Liverpool, Fred for Man United, Jimenez for Wolves, Rafinha for Leeds, Almiron for Newcastle and Sierra for Watford. As such, there are some potential one-week punts that you might look to bring in, particularly the backup keepers for Liverpool and Manchester City. But really, it's about making sure you're able to field a full 11 if you're already carrying some injuries and have some of those names on your squad list too. This is news to keep an eye on right up until the wave deadline on Friday. Um, so you'll just have to bear with it, really. In a similar vein, some players went to play in the qualifiers despite clubs refusing to give permission, particularly a few of the Spurs players, Romero, Lucelso and Davinson Sanchez, who may miss out due to quarantine issues, which should open up the possibility 
of one of the underused defenders getting a game against Palace. Anyway, let's get into the main guys I had pulled out already, starting with those with high ownership before moving on to the hidden gems. So starting off, I've got Roman Seiss for Wolves. He's owned in just 14% of leagues currently, and this goes... I mean, this pick could be any Wolves defender, really, but I've highlighted today, says he's got a history of nice scoring runs in FPL with his attacking threat. But as I said, you could pull out any of those if you just want some Wolves defensive coverage. Next is ML Smith-Rowe for Arsenal, owned in just 17% of eight-team leagues. Uh, again, capitalising on a nice run of games. Seems to be uh, a pretty decent starter under Arteta, and if Arsenal start to click and score goals, uh, I think he's quite likely to be involved. Sticking with Arsenal, I've uh, highlighted Ben White, who's owned in just 18% of, of leagues. Again, as with Wolves, you could decide to pick up uh, any of the available Arsenal defenders. And there is another one I'll be mentioning uh, very shortly. Um, but I think Ben White is as safe to play as any of them. And uh, he's really the player that the club are looking to build their defensive future on. So, uh, you know, definitely worth picking up for the next few games. Next is Joel Matip for Liverpool, owned in surprisingly only 23% of eight-team leagues, which is still very low ownership for someone who appears to be a nailed-on Liverpool defender. Keep an eye on the situation with Alisson, as you may want to wait a week before backing their clean sheet away to Leeds when uh, he could have Adrian or Kelleher in goal behind him. Next is Christensen for Chelsea, who I don't think I've mentioned uh, so far this season. He's owned in just 30% of leagues. Uh, he's played every minute for Chelsea so far, and with Thiago Silva potentially missing out due to that FIFA ban, uh, that's likely to continue. To be honest, he may keep his spot regardless, as he's looked really solid so far, um, though Chelsea are entering a small rough patch in their fixtures uh, before a nice run in October, so you may want to wait a little bit longer. To Leeds next, uh, and I've picked out Harrison, who's owned in just 34% of leagues. Now, I did mention that uh, Leeds have got Liverpool before a really nice run, but Regardless of the fixtures, I find it hard to believe one of last year's best performers still has such low ownership. The fixture against Liverpool wouldn't put me off picking him up uh, this week if he was free and I wouldn't put it past him uh, to get a return against Liverpool who don't yet look to be as solid at the back as they were prior to uh, Van Dijk's injury. Next is Ishmael Assar for Watford, another under midfielder with some nice fixtures coming up. He was one of my three gems that I highlighted in uh, the pre-season pod and He's already put some decent points on the board, so if he was free, I would definitely go out and get him. As I said earlier, another Arsenal defender to mention is Kieran Tierney, who's got you know modest ownership. He's he's owned in just under half of leagues. Always an injury risk, but nailed to start when he's fit and decent value for an attacking return. He's probably the most attractive for FBL as he carries that attacking threat, but you just have to live with the risk that his legs could fail at any time. Finally is uh, Varane for Man United, their new uh, signing who's been picked up in 44% of leagues already. I think the reason the ownership is low is just some slowness to pick him up and I think his ownership will steadily creep up as everyone realises he's a sure starter next to Maguire. And the fact he got 12 points in his opening game with an assist for the goal means he's quite unlikely to stay under radar for very long. A few hidden gems next. Uh, I've picked out three. So these are all players who have less than 10% ownership in eight-team draft leagues. So the first one is Damari Gray for Everton. Um, two goals from the opening three games uh, in which he started all three. Everton have some really nice fixtures coming up and he's a sure starter. Definitely a more uh, attractive prospect than uh, Iwobi's been over the last few years. 
um, and could be a real handy points getter over the season. He's probably not one you're going to pick up and keep forever. And I think he probably will end up uh, cropping up in quite a few different draft teams throughout your league uh, across the season, but definitely one to consider. Another old hero of mine is Pascal Gross for Brighton. No major heroics so far, but two assists from the opening three is absolutely fine. And in larger leagues, he will do you a very solid service as your fourth or fifth midfielder. Finally, back to Arsenal. And I've highlighted uh, Odegaard, who we did see towards the, the back end of last season on loan, who's now a permanent signing. There's obviously quality here that's you know yet to really transfer into a solid output for Arsenal, but he could go off at any time. He's only 22 and was made the captain of Norway earlier this year, so he's obviously got something about him and could be a, a more of a punty pick for your fifth midfielder spot. On to the get rid list, and obviously players that have left in the transfer window are ones to get rid of. I won't go naming all of them. Top of my list is Simicast for Liverpool, who's uh, owned in just over a third of leagues. Robertson is now fit again. He started all of the games for Scotland in the international break and should go straight back into the team at the weekend. We can all thank Simicast for his loyal service to our draft teams, but he goes back to the substitutes bench. Next is Lindelof, who's got quite high ownership of 63% in eight-team leagues. Um, as I mentioned already, Varane is clearly favoured next to Maguire now, so it's tough luck for Lindelof, but uh, Varane is too much of an upgrade to leave out, so time to move him on. Moving up front, I've highlighted Benteke for Crystal Palace, who's owned in just under half of leagues. Should see his minutes cut short now with the arrival of Eduard and not really somebody who uh, should have such high ownership in moderately sized leagues anyway, as there are better options out there. Similarly up front is Daka for Leicester, who, you know, there was a lot of pre-season hype, which really saw his ownership shoot up on draft days to the point where he's owned in 77% of draft leagues. Um, with the uh, Zambian taking in, you know, the vast majority of drafts, but it's clear Vardy remains the main man and Iheanacho is still fancied as the backup or second striker for now at least. So I think he'll probably take the strain off the others in the cup games and unless something changes, it doesn't really look like featuring much in the Premier League at this stage. And there are definitely better options out there who are going to at least get you one or two points a game for playing. That's it for this episode. As I said, make sure you keep an eye on what's happening with those South American players as it could spark a couple of waivers uh, ahead of Friday. The waiver deadline is at 11 o'clock BST. Make sure you head over to fbldrafthub.com to see the full complement of features and stats. And remember, it's completely free to sign up and use, so there's nothing to stop you. If you think you may have succumbed to being a regular listener of the podcast, make sure you're subscribed or follow on whichever platform you're using so that you don't miss any future episodes as they're released. Also follow me on Twitter at FPL Draft Up Pod, which is probably the easiest way to reach out if you've got any questions. For those drafting Cristiano Ronaldo this week, enjoy, but remember the pressure is now on you to surge to the top of your leagues and take home the trophy at the end of the season. For everyone else, best of luck ahead of game week four and as always, stay shook. Oh, 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 oh,